A generalist has a general wish to bandit with reckless abandon. Bird eggs, crumb cakes, delicious fried fish, dining fine, easier said than done. A cunning mind will help raccoons find the dishes that delight their fancy. A challenging problem is no great bind in their life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a master thief who is the king of Trash Mountain. But more on that later. Yes. In fact, uh, down in um, south and central Florida, um, whenever you see one of those large, large trash mountains, there's actually a little throne on the top of each one. And on that mm-hmm. throne is a raccoon. Yes. Little, little known fact about Florida. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about. Raccoon. The raccoon, otherwise known as the trash panda. Trash mouth. This is an all-star. Roller coaster raccoon. And the banded bandit. The banded bandit. <laughs> and Rocky Raccoon, who fell back in his room, only to find getting his Bible or whatever. What? It's a Beatles song. Oh, you lost me. Where a raccoon gets shot, and then while he's on the men's, he reads the Bible. That sounds sacrilegious. Why? He's anthropomorphic. So he <laughs> it's like this actually it's reads the Bible. It's unclear. His name is Rocky Raccoon, but that could just be like a moniker. It's there's nothing in the song that says specifically he's a raccoon. He is he's like Stuart Little, a boy who looks remarkably like a mouse. He's not a mouse, but he looks like one. Or that's just this like mob moniker. Mm-hmm. This is just Rocky Raccoon. This is yeah, you know Tony the Tony the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. Uh, uh, so let's. Let's taxonomize this. Raccoons are, are, are weird. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if anyone could really, uh, you know, off the cuff, taxonomize raccoon. It's like, what is it? A cat? What is it? A giant, you know, badger rat or something like that? It's none of those things. Uh, it's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in, though, and that kingdom is Animalia. The phylum is Chordata. The class is Mammalia. The order is Carnivora. I did I did know that one. Uh, because if it's a mammal, then it's allowed to be a carnivore. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if you're a reptile and you eat meat, 
not a carnivore. Get out of my sight. You're something else. You're a carnivore, but you're not in the carnivore. You're not in carnivora. You're not in the. You're not in the the covenant carnivore family. Um, the f- speaking of families, uh, the family. This one is Procyonidae or Procyonidae, which is um, lemurs. Some lemurs, ringtail lemurs, um, like the kinkajou. Uh, it's is it the Cody or whatever you know, the, the Kawadi. Um, and the old lingo. So a lot of lot of lemur and cat like in uh, animals from South America that you may never not have heard of. Although I have heard of a kinkajou. Uh, I had a coworker that brought that owned one and brought it into work. Hmm. Um, so I have pet a kinkajou before. I think its name was Molly. Um, the genus is. Procyon or Procyon, and the species is Lotor. So Procyon, Lotor. Interesting. So not that's not Feliformes. It's not even close to a cat, and not close <laughs> to a rat. None of those things. It's it's clo- much more closely related to uh, New World lemurs. Very funny. Like I would not think of them as lemurs. I mean, now that I, I mean, when I think about it, that's the that that's a lot closer uh, to me based on their like behavior and their tails, um, than than like a cat or something like that. True, because they they're just very they're very dexterous, um, and they climb a lot of things. Not that cats don't climb, but they climb more like lemurs than they do like cats. Um, but that brings, since we're, the, since we're in the business of naming things, that brings us to my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups, the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal, or what is the term of entry, or what is the collective noun? If you saw a group of raccoons, which is probably pretty likely for everyone listening to this, if you are uh, in the U.S., um, what would you call it? Would you call it A, a scrounge of raccoons? B, a scamper of raccoons? C, a plot of raccoons? Or D, a gaze of raccoons? Let's do scrounge, final answer. This man after my own heart. That's exactly what I would have wanted it to be, but it's not. It's a gaze. Interesting. It's a gaze of raccoons. That wasn't on my radar. It was either that or plot. Scrounge is a, is is what I it was the first one I thought of because oftentimes when I put these together, I'm like, what would I name it? What would I name a group of these guys based on like what a they gang. do and what we know know about them? Gang is probably pretty good too. But uh, yeah, it's a gaze, like gazer beam. <laughs> uh. Cool. Of gaze of raccoons. You want to talk about what this looks like? Uh, sure. In case you have never seen a raccoon before, um, it it looks like a fat ringtail lemur mixed with a, a a cat-sized rat. So we got fat cat and rat all in the same sentence. Um, 
but it definitely has a, a cat like or, or sorry a more of a mouse like rat shaped body and mo and movement um but it also has these dexterous hands and uh and a long tail a long bushy tail like a lemur um and that tail is ringed black and white just like the ring tail uh, has an adorable face with one of those Incredibles masks. Speaking of Gazer Beam. Um, it's covered in gray-brown hair uh, on its body. Except for those, you know, it's got those black spots on its eyes that make it look like it's... I, I Whatever the prototypical thief <laughs> is. I just... I, I started thinking about like why these guys are associated with... Um, you know, thieves and stuff like that. And I'm just, I'm just picturing like that 18th or like, like that turn of the century cartoon of a, of a burglar wearing just the, the, the mask over the eyes and like maybe a black popper cap and then just black <laughs> and white stripes on his chest. Like, like a yep, that's that. Yeah. Like the hamburger. It's like, that's the uniform of someone who steals things. <laughs> And the raccoon is just fits right into that stereotype. Um, they have a mousy face uh, with long snout and whiskers that come out on either side, rounded ears, and like I said, uh, they got those small people hands. We've actually mentioned this a long time ago. The raccoons have little people hands, um, which uh, they use to great effect. Um, and I said they, they, were... they don't have opposable thumbs, though. They're not no, that people. They're, they're not, yeah, super people. They just hands. got like little, little dexterous fingers. Yeah, and it makes them even more adorable sometimes. Um, and that's all I got in the description. But I did say it was like a cat-sized rat. So, is it as is it as big as a cat? Well, let's find out. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of, audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering. Chittering works for a raccoon. Mm -hmm. uh, the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new Measure Up intro this week. It's been a while. So let's, see. let's see if we can find a raccoon to introduce the show for us. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. They have some of the most interesting noises. I've never you know what? heard that sound come out of a raccoon before. Let's see. Is the Deinonychus a raccoon? I don't know. What? <laughs> the sound of a Deinonychus in Jurassic Park. What, which one's the Deinonychus? The... Di oh, wait, no. I, I have it wrong. Uh, what's the one that like flares its uh, crest? 
Do you think he's Saurus? Uh, Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus. That doesn't sound like the Dilophosaurus in the movie. It sure does. That one has like a hissing. And like a Oh, that when it's attacking. But like think about when uh it has like maybe a Newman. slight war- warbling as it uh as it inspects Newman. <laughs> but that that was like a long wailing cry. Yeah, little chirps. There that you go. One right there. They just put a big hodgepodge of animal sounds together to make the 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 dinosaur noises in that movie. Man, I want to watch that movie again. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. But yeah. Yeah. We I, I don't find anything definitive. Our house is our, our front yard is now playing host to four stray cats that hate each other. So we get to hear all <laughs> kinds of interesting sounds these days. Interest, yeah, cats make some weird sounds. But let's talk about body length. They're 40 to 70 centimeters or 16 uh, to 28 inches. So how many co- Colibri pistols go into the length of the average raccoon? Oh, you did say you were going to do something with guns this time. Yeah. Here's a hint. The Colibri pistol is also called the Hummingbird. It was made by an Austrian watchmaker named Franz Fani. P-F-A-N-N-I. Oh, no. Fanel. P-F-A-N-N-L. Do you like consonants? together with no vowels German is the language for you uh, it was made in the early 1900s it fired a tiny three grain bullet do you know what that means uh, I don't three know grain? I don't know exactly how grains like what one grain is in in ounces um, but I do know it's a weight that yeah it is is weight okay so like yeah um, like I have 115 grain and I have 124 grain, but they're both nine millimeter. It's just a slightly heavier. Some stone and bullet. some wood. Yeah, it's like it's like calling it stone. Like oh, ah. it's 12 stone. It's just, it's just an archaic weighing uh, method that they never deviated from. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Why do you still call it 115? Just call it. Uh, like whatever point two ounces or whatever it it ends up being like it's a <sighs> anyway they're already calling it like a it's already a certain number of inches or for the diameter and they just don't want too many decimals one right? ounce is four hundred and thirty seven grain all right so so an ounce is huge yeah we've already established that ounce is the largest unit unit of measurement you could possibly have. And it is kind of insane for us to still have our our smallest unit of uh, weight measurement be as large as an ounce. So we should use grain. Just and I mean that's kind of that is kind of the standard for um 
for just the imperial system in general like an, an ounce of liquid is also a lot compared to like milliliters and stuff like that um and an inch is just really big for to be our smallest <laughs> like it's it is very bad for measuring small things but yeah I think an it's ounce of small, gold costs like 10 grand. A milligram. 1.5 grain is equal to one microgram. So a grain is like a snowflake. Well, a little lighter than a snowflake. No. No, that can't be right. A snowflake's hot, like two milligrams. 125 snowflakes make up a nine millimeter bullet. <laughs> I think not. All right. This tiny hummingbird pistol fires a three grain bullet. So, like, not even a BB. It's like shooting sand. <laughs> sand grains. Um,. Is it just to annoy someone? Can you... How would you... How would that be effective? Maybe it's just for a novelty. Maybe this wasn't for... You said it was built in when? It was invented when? Early 1900s. Early 1900s. And that's the length of the gun? So it's barrel and... All the way to the tang. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're looking for its center fire cartridge length. Oh, so the I cartridge. That's the. I think that's the length of the barrel, because like a cartridge. No, no, a cartridge is the is the round in its entirety. Oh, the length of the round. Yeah, so that's the bullet and the casing together. That's a cartridge. All right, so it's a three grain, <laughs> three grain cartridge. It's basically a. That's true. Like it's guns are often like the size of the round. That's the important thing. How big is this gun? Well, it shoots this size round. The I uh, mean the most important me part the gun is the mo the most important variable of a gun is the round that it shoots. Everything else is just slight. Changes really to accuracy and velocity, but most of what makes does the damage is in the round itself. The gun is just a way to get it moving. Um, yeah, we'll go with half an inch, which means my answer is uh, 56. No, no, yes. 56 of these uh, tiny tiny cartridges go into the length of a raccoon final answer yes the correct answer is 263 wow these are small I really want to see this what is the gun called again a uh, Calibri pistol the round is or the cartridge looks like it is maybe a little bit more than the diameter of a penny 
Oh, I see this. It's the pistol has a two point seven millimeter long centerfire cartridge. And uh, somebody on Quora is saying that it's one of the few pistols which is more dangerous as a choking hazard than as a firearm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very small. Yes. That's not, not what I was I think they only made like a thousand before World War One started. And then they were like, let's make real guns. Yeah, and they're like, oh my goodness, we need actual guns. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about weight. They're between 5 and 12 kilograms or 11 and 26 pounds. Those are the averages. They can get they can get bigger is the, the farther you go north. Uh because of what is that what is that rule you said where things in the cold weather get bigger? Oh, that's I just said that about bald eagle eggs that they get bigger than the more north you go, but it's not like if you're holding you get you, you, you can't just hold a small raccoon in the south and walk north and it grows bigger like the one ring. Oh, uh, no, it doesn't grow bigger. But th- the thing where, like, animals can grow bigger in in northern... Polar gigantism. Climate. That sounds now, like it's a It's like thing. somebody's... It's, it's a, a person's law. The name of a person's law. And it's, like, a raccoon in South Florida. The smallest raccoons are in South Florida, actually. And the largest ones are up north because we talked about this where like, you know, Bergman's you can rule. lose. Yeah. Where you can, it's easier to like get rid of heat when you're small and it's easier to ma- like keep your heat when you're big. Yeah. But uh, there's less food the more north you go, which means yeah, you have the, the, their, you have a lot to eat in order to you have you have to do a lot of work in order to maintain that bigness. But there's a lot of in the spring. There's a bu- a boom a lot of the time in northern climates. So between so the, you're looking for 26 pounds. How many raccoons would an Irish wolfhound have to catch to catch its weight in raccoons? Ooh. Here's a hint: the Irish wolfhound is a breed of sight hound that is. And it's and it first emerged in the late 1800s. They are an attempt to recreate the extinct wolfhounds that were once common in Ireland, and you might see in old paintings. I do remember when we were doing the dog episode that the Irish wolfhound is one of the biggest dogs available <laughs> commercially. Um, it's one of the biggest dog breeds there there is. So. At least in terms of withers height, um, that that would make a good show. Withering heights, but it's just about measuring dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I imagine they probably weigh a hundred and th- no, 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 hundred and fifty pounds. That's a big dog. Um. Uh, maybe more than that. We'll go 180. 180 pounds. Divided by 26. And that gives us brings us to, we'll say seven. Seven. You'd have to eat seven raccoons. <laughs> Final answer. Yep. The correct answer is 5.7 raccoons. Oh, th- the Irish wolfhound can be up to 150 pounds. 
Ugh. I did have the right <laughs> answer, didn't I? You were so close. They look like fun guys to have around. Irish wolfhounds? As long as you have a big enough estate. Big, fluffy... Step one, acquire large estate. Step two, <laughs> acquire Irish wolfhound friend. Have a walking carpet. Step three, profit. A scruffy looking nerf herder. Who's scruffy looking? I think it was Han Solo. Was scruffy looking. I, I know. That's what, he, that's what he says. Even though his best friend is clearly the scruffy the st- one. <laughs> He's well groomed. Even though he is a walking carpet. That would have been a really racist thing for her to say. But we digress. Because <laughs> that's an intelligent species that you know of. You know about them. It's not like a novelty to you. Yeah, that's why after that, Han was like, look at this racist. No reward is worth this. <laughs> And she comes okay. from, she's a princess. She's so privileged. She has <laughs> continental breakfast for hair. <laughs> That's all I got for that. Do you have any fast facts before we get into the major fact? I sure do. All right. There's so, a ton of things you could talk about. Yeah. I'll keep it short since we're running low on time. And I'm sure that the uh, the major fact is going to be just the majorist. Um, mm-hmm. So raccoons are native to North America. All the way and uh, Central America, all the way from Panama to Canada, um, but it has been introduced to Germany, Russia, Eastern Europe, and even Japan. They're Japanese raccoons, um, but obviously they're not native there. They're just very good at not dying in places. They're very mm-hmm. adaptable. Um, they like heavily wooded areas, unless the trees are birch, which are too smooth to climb. Um, but they do like to make their their dens in the hollows of trees so they can stay away from predators. Um, and part of the ra- the reason for the raccoon's success is, like you said, they're generalists. Uh, their diet, like a rat, is very broad. They can eat and digest a wide variety of things. But in nature, uh, it likes to eat insects and worms and crayfish and frogs and fish and birds and small mammals as well as uh, uh, plant-based things like fruits and nuts. Uh, But it has adapted to eat um, trash, to eat the organic (laughs) waste that humans uh, throw away, uh, which allows them to not just live, but thrive in urban environments. Um, They live for about 20 years in the wild, uh, when after mating, there's a 65 day gestation period where, and then the the kits, which are these little guys, uh, they're they're born and they're raised in their dens by their mothers um, until they are weaned at about 16 weeks, and after which the females will still hang around the den and the males will travel up to 12 miles away to go start their own families and then also abandon them like their fathers did. Uh, their predators include everything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> they, they, they are, uh, 
they are on the menu for bears, bobcats, coyotes, wolves, cougars, alligators, eagles, owls, fishers, jaguars, and even lynxes in Russia. Uh, basically, if you are a carnivore that is bigger than uh, the raccoon, then you're, then raccoons are tasty. Mm-hmm. But their primary co- because they live in urban environments uh, so heavily, they don't really have to worry about predation. Or mo- a, a large portion of them do not have to worry about predation. Um, and their primary cause of death is a disease called distemper, uh, which actually dogs can get as well. Um, and they can also be rabid. So don't just pet whatever raccoon you find. Um, they are also exterminated as pests. Um, or they're hunted by Texan folk heroes to wear as iconic hats. Like uh, good old Davy Crockett. DB. No, Dan- no, no, Davy Crockett. He's the he's the Texan folk hero with the uh, oh, with the the coonskin hat. I don't think Daniel Boone did that. That's a good rhyme. Uh, the pic the the old pictures of him don't have it, but there's like modern like. Uh yeah, he sometimes wears a raccoon hat. But it's like a full raccoon. Like you can see the raccoon's face. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a little disturbing. I think it's the Disney version of Davy Crockett that turned him into the the coonskin hat wearing hero we all know and love. Yeah, but like he looks like a like a a gentleman of the. Uh, of the 1700s in in the old paintings of him. Although, if you look up Daniel Boone, he is also wearing a coonskin hat in half of these. So, it's just what you did when you were a frontiersman. Yeah. If there, I'm sure it was warm and cozy. Also disturbing to have your hat stare at you like that. But they're also, uh, they're also kept as pets. Although, it's... Not a good idea. It's not a domesticated animal. Um, I heard somebody describe it in a video as having a two-year-old forever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that hits too close to home. <laughs> you try to get it to eat, but it liked mac and cheese yesterday. The same mac and cheese is what we're having today. And why don't you like it? <laughs> Anywho. Now, I don't have any personal experience with that. Um, Calvin Coolidge, U.S. president, famously kept a pat- pet raccoon that he named Rebecca. <laughs> Give- <laughs> giving animals just regular people names is always funny to me. It is funny. Like, uh, this is my... This is my bearded dragon. His name is Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Terrence Howard, War Machine. <laughs> uh, and that's all I got. Okay, I'm calling this major fact the Wily Bandits. Raccoons are extremely intelligent, but animal intelligence can only be estimated with tests like the SAT and by looking at their brains. So take everything with a grain of salt because cognitive adaptations are often based on specific needs in an animal's environment 
which makes it difficult to estimate. For instance, chimpanzees are way better at memory matching games than humans are. Uh, so like if you, you know, the, the kinds of games where like, uh, you fly, you see all like a grid and there's like pairs of stuff mixed up. See the grid goes away. They know exactly where it is. They see the grid for like a, a fraction of a nanosecond. And then they, know, they can, they, they point out the matches in like another second. Like for some reason they are so good at memory matching games. But that doesn't mean they're generally smarter than humans. They're just better at us at that one cognitive ability for some reason. So that being said, raccoons are said to be smarter than cats. And some estimations put them just below monkeys in intelligence. Which makes a little bit more sense now that they're kin with... Lemurs. Although they are not kin with monkeys. Right. Monkeys and lemurs are different. But they are very... They have similar lifestyle choices. Except Zabu. Um, Zabu is basically a monkey. uh, Because they are so smart, they were once used as ideal lab candidates. Uh, But it turns out they were too smart for that. Uh, They would often break out of enclosures and hide in vents when researchers would try to get them back. Uh, They would become aggressive. So that's not ideal. You want a... You want something that's smart enough to do your experiments, but not smart enough that they're impossible to keep. Um, Not smart enough that it tricks you out of your business. Yeah. Uh, And they also like, like kind of like a tears of the kingdom shrine, solve the puzzle in ways that the developers of the puzzle did not intend for, for. So that's not great for experiments either. Uh, So in addition to being intelligent, uh, they're also curious and persistent, which helps them fly through intelligence puzzles that are thrown at them. In one experiment, a floating marshmallow was placed in a cylinder of water and the raccoons were trained to use stones to increase the water level to reach the mallow, kind of like an Aesop's fable. Um, So raccoons would uh, also steal and hide the stones for some reason in their like in the sand and like in their dens. And so that was uh, annoying for the, uh, for the researchers. Stones equal marshmallows. So if you can keep, save up some stones, you can cash them in later for, for some serious mellows. <laughs> so they were also given objects of differing weights in buoyancies to determine whether the heavier, denser objects were, uh, better for the task to see if they could tell the difference between buoyancy and weight and how it affects water. But they solved the problem in an unexpected way. One of them top uh, got on top of the cylinder and rocked their body weight until the whole thing toppled over. So that solves that problem. Mm-hmm. Trash can style. Yeah. Uh, so another used buoyant rub- the buoyant rubber ball, the wrong choice for like displacing the most water. Um, but they used a buoyant rubber ball to push down on the water to create waves that splash the marshmallow up within reach. <laughs> They're like, so I'm not like, interested in playing your dumb little games, human. I'm interested in I'm that interested marshmallow in, and only I'm interested that in gelatinous sugar. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, yeah. So like 
We don't know if they understand buoyancy, but they do know what marshmallow is and they know how to get it. <laughs> they are um, good problem solvers. Yeah, and they're creative problem solvers. So raccoons are often called bandits because of their little eye masks, but they're actually real bank robbers. In 2020, a bank in Redwood City, California was burgled. They're not robbers, technically. They didn't use firearms or weapons or threats. Uh, they used burglary. Uh, it was burgled by two raccoons that broke into the air ducts on the roof. However, they weren't in it for the money. Instead, they preferred to loot the almond cookies in the break room. <laughs> the most adorable bank heist in history. Yeah, that's like that first scene in Fantastic Beasts where he's got like a little platypus that just steals everybody's stuff in the bank. <laughs> Although that wasn't it for the money. It's like um, Over the Hedge. I forgot about that movie and that Bruce Willis voices a raccoon. It's a heist movie where Bruce Willis voices a raccoon and trying to steal food. And they're trying to heist, yeah, like snacks and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So they might be smart, but we are, might be making them smarter. So city raccoons, not raccoon city, city raccoons <laughs> are found to be better problem solvers than their woodland kin. Raccoons that are stuck in the suburbs <laughs> or in cities are nearly unstoppable when it comes to protecting gar uh, uh, protecting garbage cans and other urban objects of interest. This is because raccoons have neophilia. They're they are in love with new stuff. Yeah, the love of new things, where other animals treat new things as potentially dangerous and hazardous and give them a wide berth. Raccoons are naturally curious about new things. And uh, they will relentlessly um, investigate them. So in an urban environment, there are a ton of new things that are foreign to a woodland creature. When something is new uh, and it's in between them and something they want, like your donuts that you threw out half of, uh, they will work at it until they figure it out. Trash cans that are protected by a bungee cord or even built-in locks are only a temporary setback to these trash babies. Um, when city raccoons were tested against their Briarville cousin, uh, city raccoons are consistently better at solving puzzles. So, cause we're, we're, we're giving them new stuff to look at. They're figuring stuff out and getting smarter. They have street smarts. One raccoon even hitched a ride on a trash truck and legend has it. He's made it to trash heaven where he lives in peace to this day. Or he's trash king. Yeah, he became king of, the, king of the trash hill. He became the monarch of Monarch Hill. Right there across the street from Butterfly Garden where all the monarch butterflies are. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, there's a ton of different stories about them like being super smart. Uh and like there's videos where people keep them as pets. They they might they might be a candidate for animals that use tools. There's a one that in Florida that uh has built a relationship with a woman that feeds it. I don't know if it was domesticated or if we, or if it just like comes to the back door, but it uses a seashell 
to knock on the door. Uh, That's so cute. It, yeah, <laughs> it is. And, and you could argue that like using stones to, uh, Raise the water level. Raise the water level is a tool tool use. Um, But yeah, they're candidates for tool use. Um, It's it's kind of sad that if I was give if if you gave me uh, the task of acquiring um, uh, a marshmallow that was suspended in water but out of reach, the idea of throwing rocks in there to raise the water level would not be the first thing I thought of. I'd be like, I'd be like cramming my hand in there trying to get to it like a, like a doofus while this hyper intelligent raccoon is reminded of water displacement and buoyancy. (laughs) I'm sure. Well, they had to train them to do that, but they also tried to reach down there with their little hands. And they did what I would do, tip it over. So I'm imagining in this scenario that it it's like it's just locked in there. It's like almost like a hole in the ground. Uh and there's a marshmallow suspended in water down that like pipe. You can't get your hand in there. So the only way to get there is to give up and walk away. That's what I would do. It's just a marshmallow, <laughs> right? Well they don't have they don't they weren't when when God made them he forgot to put in the quit. Uh <laughs> <laughs> which is not a good not a good phrase because God doesn't forget stuff. But it is funny because it's true. They they got no quit. Is that what the is that the newfangled thing the youngins are saying these days? I got it's no quit. It's not newfangled. It's oldfangled, but it's something that the olden say. Using quit as a noun, as a as a mm-hmm. uh, a resource. You've never heard that's like a southern like country phrase. I have heard God I can't made that boy forgot to put in the quit. Oh, I've never heard that before. I've heard I can't like I can't quit you or something like that, but that's not that we don't talk about that. <laughs> what is that? Is that something <laughs> That's <laughs> Oh boy. It's from uh Brokeback Mountain. Is it really? Yeah. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> I've definitely heard it in other contexts, but it must come from that. Like, yeah, I think it's a famous line from that movie. I thought it was like, because like this analogy of love being a drug and like you're addicted to somebody. Could be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's them. the case. That, that's probably what happens in the movie, but. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, that's the. That's the raccoon. There's a very, very, very cute video of one where uh, the the is he's given some cotton candy, and oh, I forgot to mention this: that raccoons have a, a behavior called dousing, where they will clean their food. They'll go over to water and and rinse their food off before they eat it. Um, except for they except, don't actually wash the food. Are you going to talk about that? Is that what you're about to say? Uh, no, I was about to say that they they would try to douse their um their uh cotton candy which would immediately dissolve in the water and they would be so confused and frustrated that this thing that they tried to wash is now gone. <laughs> uh 
So they do do the dowsing, but uh, it is not to wash the food because why would a woodland creature wash its food? Uh, the the only the one and only besides humans, um, they they're doing that because something else we didn't talk about. They have like dexterity in their hands, sent like um, nerve endings and, and enough dexterity in their hands, so that them feeling something is the equivalent of a human seeing something like it gives them that as, as much information. Um, so when they, 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 the theory is that when they feel something underwater, it, um, increases their sensory like ability to sense the, the thing. Um, so it's, it gives them mo- even more information about the thing. So it's like when you're eating a sandwich and you get a good look at it in between bites, you know, to plan your next bite or to like, see if it's something good to eat. That's what they're doing. Gathering information about a thing. Interesting. So they're like, it's like daredevil in the rain. Yes. Or when Neo finally sees the code behind the Matrix. But you could maybe also argue that, like, ah, uh, to get a true sense of this thing, I need to wash off the gr- the dirt and grime off of it. So maybe they are washing it in a sense. But it's the the goal is to sense it more. It's it's a fortuitous result mm-hmm. that the food is now cleaner. Or gone in the case of cotton candy. Yeah, which was hilarious because he did it like four <laughs> times. <laughs> like it's, it just keeps disappearing. Give him an Oreo and a bowl of milk. Well, the Oreo's not going to disappear. No, but I would just love to have see his reaction to see having the best you, you, cookie you, experience yeah, of all time. As you watch uh, a poor woodland creature's like dopamine receptors get rewired <laughs> yes it's like oh well now i'll eat this and only this if i can't have that i will go crazy <laughs> i will starve to death if i don't have another oreo but there's there's a woman in, in the uk that has a a pet um raccoon and it just like it show there was a video of like Showing like she puts rubber bands around like the handles of the cupboards and like she takes the handles off of certain cupboards just to get it to prevent it from getting in. And throughout this video, when they're explaining this, they're showing the cupboards and the raccoon getting in anyway. Um, (laughs) It can literally get everywhere. So like I don't I don't I can't recommend a raccoon as a pet. It doesn't look fun. You have to put up your cute. Your laptop, otherwise it'll open a small business loan. It, but you can't put it up. There's, It's like a cat. There's nowhere it cannot get. You put in a, a combination bike lock, and it just sits there and tries over and over again until uh, eventually all 10,000 options are, are used. And it gets the right combination because there's nothing better to do. 
There was one where it's like a, one of those uh, latches like that are on some like bathrooms where it's like a hook that you, that, uh, that you can move on a hinge and put inside a loop, you know? Okay. Yeah. And uh, there was a piece of food and there was it. It had to go through two doors. Uh, well, three doors, one with like a like a wooden block that swiveled that was preventing the door from swinging open. It got through that one. And then it got through uh, that metal hook, which the hook was on its side of the door. So it could like look at it and touch it and move it. And then the the final door was like the lock was on the other side of the door, the opposite side of the door. And it had to reach through a hole to unlock it. And it got through all of them. It's because it's, it, it's all out of quit. Yeah came here to eat eat, uh, eat almond cookies and and pick locks and it's all out of locks <laughs> chew gum and eat food I'm all out of gum <laughs> <laughs> alright that's the raccoon mm-hmm. chances are high that you live in a raccoon city just hope it's not the raccoon city from fiction um <laughs> so i mean for you out there in podcastia nestle into a nice human city defeat those thief stereotypes even though you are most definitely actually a thief uh and use your animal wits to find a nice cup of garbage juice like the raccoon here in life death and taxonomy Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Garbage juice. Nice hot cup of garbage juice is what I should have said. Oof. Trash sweat. Mmm.